Young Pro Show, hosted by Dom Fry, the insurance guy. Would you still do something great if nobody ever saw it? A podcast for young professionals to come together and talk about their goals and their path to get there. And if I fail, I'll fail forward. I sit down with other forward-thinking individuals and talk about what they are doing to accomplish their dreams of tomorrow. Maintaining strength while living in your purpose. Mm. Now let's dive into the next legendary episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Young Pro Show. I'm your host, Dom Fry, the insurance guy. Um, here with a fantastic episode that I am couldn't be more excited for. Before we get into that, let's go back to the previous episode. Quick recap with Dr. Tony Mormon. Uh, great show with him, just kind of talking through his experience and his wisdom that he's gained over the years. And you know, it's been almost a decade that he has started his own uh, pediatric chiropractor uh, practice in Ottawa, and it's really cool just kind of talking to him through the things that he has learned over the years, uh, you know, and how he has changed his mindset in multiple different ways. But this episode, oh my, this episode has been a long time coming. Um, yeah, could not be more excited for the guests that I have on this week. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting trying to have a serious conversation with him, uh, and not him just making smart comments the whole time. But I'm really excited on to welcome my best friend, Jesse Rudolph. Jesse, how are we doing today? Hey, thanks for having me on. I'll yeah, tell you, dude. You're the hardest person to try to schedule with. The, dude, where well, yeah, you weren't even working with me, you know, working with my uh <clears throat> um with my secretary trying to schedule it, but yeah, extremely we both just have very busy schedules and very conflicting schedules, but I'm glad that we made it work. We're here now. That's all that matters. Hey, actually, quick question before we really dig into it. I was kind of thinking about this week, actually. You know, like, we've always, uh, you know, your nickname that I've always had for you or, was, you know, back in college was best friend. You're always my best friend. But I'm like, did I start that? Did you start that? Like, where did that start? Where did that even come from? Do you I know? I want to say, I want to say it's you. Definitely not that first semester because... <laughs> I don't think you absolutely wanted to hang out with any of us. I think, I wonder, on, as I was thinking about it, I was honestly thinking that exact thing. I'm like, I wonder if that's where it came from, was from my first semester of college, not, um, you know, really enjoying college at the time. And then I think second semester was when things got better for me. And it might have been, like, you made some comment along the way that, like, yeah, then we became best friends, and now you love it here. And I feel like it might have been something like a small yeah, that. It was, then it was probably something like that. I just took it and ran with it. And, you know, there was, yeah, every time I've seen you since, just been your best friend. <laughs> we knew each other since since birth. Yeah, dude. Grew, grew up in yeah. Pettisville. The Ville. The Ville. Okay, well, dude, let's just jump into it. Let's ask uh, a couple questions just to get to know you better as an individual. Uh, for those people that may not know you, you know, first and foremost, so as far as, you know, geographically speaking, you know, where, I guess, take me through where you were born and raised um, and kind of where you are at today, geographically. So I was, I was born in Seoul, South Korea, actually, but then I was adopted just like five or six months after I was born, so pretty much grew up in 
in Medina, Ohio, which is like a suburb sandwich between Cleveland and Akron, for those listening that aren't really from that area. But yeah, I mean, born and raised, or essentially born and raised in Medina, Ohio, went to grade school, went to undergrad still in Ohio at Heidelberg with Dom, and right now I'm in Providence, Rhode Island. All over the map, man. Started in first couple months in South Korea, you said, and then to Medina, Medina, Ohio. Medina, Ohio. Hey, actually, do they? I was wondering, do they have that statue of you outside the school yet? Have they put that up? No, I think because of the COVID year, they they uh, wanted, yeah. they wanted to yeah. have a big ceremony. So uh, maybe like like twenty thirty. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Maybe Akita City and everything. Nice, cool. I can't wait for that, man. I will definitely drive out to Medina for that. Me, me and Nura, just statues right next to each other. <laughs> Jesse Rudolph and Austin Nura, two Medina legends. Two Medina legends. I love it. Uh, and next question that I have for you, you know, outside of work, what are like what's a hobby that you have? What's something that you enjoy to do? Outside of work, I, I mean, I ran with you in undergrad and that's how we met so i still like to keep up on running just nice. to stay in in somewhat of a shape but I, i'm just like a hobby jogger at this point i get dusted by some some moms pushing strollers probably <laughs> <laughs> there's, i don't know if there's anything more humil um not human. Uh, something more that humbling than getting past the middle of a race by a mom <laughs> with a stroller. Hey, they're working hard. Yeah. Working well, outside, hard. Of, outside of the running, just to stay in some decent shape. Uh, I mean, I enjoy cooking, so I'm trying a bunch of different recipes with just cooking at the apartment when I have some free time. Then, I mean, Providence is a big like foodie city so mm. Danny and I my partner are always out trying some new restaurants or new new eats whenever we can nice that's cool running and cooking and last question to have for you then um, if you had to you know you mentioned obviously that we ran together in college cross country and track um, so there you know you like sports what is your favorite sport if you had to choose one so you, get, you what's your favorite sport and we'll go to watch and to play to play i think i'll have to just stick with running which is a pretty obvious choice um i did play basketball for a while though before i got more into running but i haven't shot a basketball probably in the past like year or two hmm. but definitely want to, i want to find like a league out here and getting some more basketball games and start playing that again. And to watch, I'm from, I'm from the Cleveland area, like I said, so I am pretty much Cleveland sports through and through. I'm not a huge, not a huge baseball fan. Never gotten into that too much, but I mean, Cleveland Cavs and definitely hopped on the the Cleveland Browns bandwagon over the past year, and they're gaining some traction. So those are my go-to sports teams. Yes, sir. Dude, there, there's nothing better as a child than growing up and just watching the Browns win like three games every year, you know? Just some great memories. Heartbreaking. Even though you know it's coming. <laughs> there's like that little, little piece inside of you, like, maybe they'll win. 
Right. Yeah. Every single year, you always think the first eight games you have a hope, and then the next eight games, then you're just hoping to lose for the better draft pick, because then that draft pick gives you the hope for the next year. It uh, yeah, it was kind of a pretty nasty cycle, really. But the Browns are out of it now, and one of the best teams in the league. We have the championship this year. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know if I'm going to hold my breath for it, but your boy OBJ's back. Dude, he is back, man. He's had some great videos, uh, great workout videos. He's looking good. I can't – I don't – I mean, obviously, I would love to see it. I don't – I can't imagine how I would react the way that I reacted when the Browns beat the Steelers in the playoffs. And that was – wow. That was a, a fantastic day. If the Browns won the Super Bowl, I don't know how I would react. And more importantly, I don't know how the city of Cleveland would handle that. I mean, they went nuts after the Cavs won, you know, and that was also the 3-1 fashion and, you know, the greatest team, uh, the best regular season NBA team ever. So there was a couple of things that obviously made that interesting, but, I mean, the city of Cleveland went nuts over the Cavs, let alone the Browns. Oh, my lanta. I can't do, they would, that city would burn to the ground in joy. Yeah, it'd be pretty exciting. <laughs> okay. So then, let's give me the uh, 30-second, maybe 60-second version of, as far as today, what are you doing professionally, Jesse? So professionally, I just graduated recently, December of 2020, from the Chatham University in Pittsburgh from the physical therapy program, and now I'm a fully licensed and credentialed doctor of physical therapy working in in the Providence area. Nice. Do- Wait, so doctor of physical therapy. Are you Dr. Rudolph? I do have that title, but oh, I'm not, not used to it yet. It sounds weird. Dude, I am. I gave such a poor... We're going to have to scratch everything we've done so far and start over. I didn't even... I could have called you Dr. Jesse Rudolph. Yeah, where's the intro, man? Wow, I'm sorry, man. The disrespect on my end. Doctor, I will refer to you as Dr. Rudolph the rest of the time. So, uh, wow, doctor physical therapy. Okay, and in Providence, Rhode Island. So let's go back then, 18-year-old, you know, you just fresh graduate Medina High School. You know, at that time, what were your career goals or what did you want to do in the next step? Oh, man. At that age, I don't think I really had career goals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is weird because like I talk to like younger kids now, and like some of these kids have like their whole life plan mapped out. And like when I was your age, I wasn't even thinking about what I'm doing like next semester. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, but I knew I wanted to run, and I knew I wanted to go to to college to get some sort of degree because I education always was, was always important in my family. But outside of that, it wasn't too much more thought than that. And I was, I mean, like, the definition of a mediocre runner, probably. So it's not like I was seeking D1 scholarships or anything like that to run. But I knew I was going to go to some small D3 schools to continue my running career. And I, I knew I wanted to be somewhere in, like, the health field. But really, other than that, there wasn't any huge huge life plan so what um yeah i mean you know you say that 
and you, right, and you mentioned the kids today. There are some people that you know, some kids that have their whole life planned out. But you know, I, unfortunately, I don't have the statistic. But I'm sure probably the majority of kids probably don't know what they want to do. You know, that they graduate high school and say, "Dude, I have no clue what I want to do." But you know, whether it's their family or society in general, they feel like, "Well, college is naturally the next step. Let's just get an education." But they have no clue what they want to study. Uh, you know, in your case, you said you wanted to be in the health field. I guess, like, what was it about the health field that intrigued you or what made you say, yeah, this is something that I could see myself getting into? Like, where was that initial interest from the health field? I think initially it was just because I've always been pretty active growing up. I was always involved with some sort of sport. Like, I started off playing and just, like, rec league soccer like a lot of little kids do then got more into basketball then got more into running as i as i kept growing then just like the curriculum with the health field like the sciences and how the body moves and stuff like that was was always interesting to me and i i understood it pretty well so i i kind of figured i would succeed in that career path but yeah not any like specific like life-changing event or something like that that got me into that career path. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's cool that, you know, you said you want to get into the health field, really, because of your interest in athletics. And like you said, just the physical aspect of it and the way your body moves. Um, I mean, I for a lot of kids and a lot of people that they enjoy sports and athletics, and then most times they get into sports management because they think, well, that's sports. And in your case, you kind of looked on, and again, even if it was just a little bit of an interest, you didn't know exactly what you wanted to do in that field. But, you know, your initial interest was, I love sports. And rather than, hey, sports management, I really like the science behind it. And I really like, you know, the, uh, like you said, the body, the movement, the muscles, the bones, and how it all works together to be able to achieve, you know, whatever the accomplishment is. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, that's an interesting thought, actually. I never really thought about that. Like, most people coming from, like, athletic backgrounds, yeah, go into that, that, that sports management route. But, yeah, I don't know why that's never, hmm. that never interested me, really. You go more into, like, the business aspect and the, the front office aspects. Yeah. So you get to Heidelberg, you know, you're running, uh, you know, you said you enjoyed running. I want to continue to do that. Get, you know, taking health classes. I, I guess in those four years in Heidelberg, like were there, was there one moment or multiple moments that, you know, kind of confirmed that this is uh, a path in a field that you wanted to go down? Different, you know, potentially internships or classes that you had that said, yeah, this is something that I do really enjoy. I think I just found all the classes interesting. So I, w I was uh, a health science major in undergrad, and the curriculum, the way it was just set up, was always was always interesting. I thought it was just laid out really, really well. And a big a big person that helped me kind of keep on to that track was my academic advisor, um, Dr. Trevor Bates, who was the Dean of the Health Science Program at the time. He's now the the president at Wilmington College, actually. Hmm. But he was a, I mean, great just academic advisor 
first off, but then he was a good, good mentor and always kept pushing me. And I think he realized something in myself too. And that just kept pushing me along to this, to this goal. That's cool. That's awesome. So, you know, obviously, so you have Dr. Bates that's there that's helping you then. At what point throughout those four years then did you say, you know, like when did you become more specialized and say, I want to focus on physical therapy? That, okay, yes, I enjoy athletics. I enjoy the health field. I enjoy, you know, all this that's going on. Um, but at what point was it, you know what, I think I want additional schooling and not just additional schooling, but specifically in PT. I don't think I really started more specifically looking into that career, maybe until like the summer going to my senior year, which, which is pretty late. And I was unaware of that at the time. Cause <laughs> I mean, I didn't know anything about applying to like grad school or anything like that. No one mm. like really was there to guide me through that. So I found it pretty late and I learned I applied to physical therapy programs actually two times but that first time because I didn't know like the deadlines and everything that was involved with it I didn't submit my application to PT schools until like the, the fall of my senior year which is extremely late to like try to get into the programs for the next cycle hmm. but I got like waitlisted for a couple of those programs but ultimately didn't get accepted because I think the the large part was because I probably way too late. But yeah, not really until pretty much my senior year, I started really seriously looking at PT programs. And what was it about, you know, the physical therapy that, again, there's, um, I mean, I'm not somebody that knows that much about the health field, but obviously like in every industry, there are a thousand different avenues you could go down. You could be a chiropractor, you could go be a PA, uh, you could be a generalist doctor, you know, a family doctor. You could be, there's multiple different paths you could go down. So what was it about PT that you said, this is the path that, you know, this is where I do want to continue my education in? Yeah, at that point, I still wasn't like any very specific reasons or like, motivations to keep going on to that career but I think it was part I knew the career was a very solid steady job and like the pay was decent I mean I also realized at that point I'm mean, not going to be like some multi-millionaire like professional athlete or something like that so I wasn't necessarily seeking a career that monetarily would make me rich or something like that but it was just a steady career and the other aspect was, I want, part of me wanted that just higher education title. And PT school, even, it, it is still a doctorate level program, but PT programs are roughly like two and a half to three years. So do you think, you know, you said that you kind of wanted that higher education level. Do you think it was the challenge that you, that you, um, you know, want it, or what do you mean by that? Yeah, I think part of it was the challenge, and just because school is, fortunately for me, school had always come pretty easy to me. Not to say like I didn't do 
absolutely anything and, and got straight A's and a 4.0, but school relatively came, always came pretty easy to me through like high school and even undergrad. So I wanted to be challenged in that way. And I knew just with the higher title, as you kept going in education, it's just, again, steadier, steadier job, more likelihood of getting a job right away. It was just a safe, a safe route to go. Hmm. Nice. So then, so you said you were applying to schools during your senior year, uh, you know, it was kind of a wake up moment moment for you realized, Hey, maybe this was a little too late then. So did you get into a graduate program then right after undergrad or what did that time look like, uh, when you graduated with that bachelor's degree? I didn't end up getting into a, a program right after undergrad because yeah that was the goal i wanted to like apply to programs hopefully get accepted then just go right into to pt school not take any breaks because i'm just i start sooner which means i'm done sooner and i can start working sooner but ended up getting denied by a handful of schools i think i got waitlisted maybe like one or two programs but i, I remember i think it was i applied to Thomas Jefferson, I think that's uh, a school in Philadelphia. And that was one of the schools I got waitlisted on, but they, they emailed me saying I was waitlisted and they put like the specific like spot I was on that list. And I was like, <laughs> you are 400th out of like a thousand people on this waitlist. <laughs> I was like, oh great, yeah, that's, that's going to give me a solid chance. So I, I figured I wasn't going to get into programs after I saw like when the deadline should be and everything but it was still still worth a shot yeah so what did you do then um you know obviously we know that you ended up coming back to you know you took a gap period of time but what did you do in that gap period of time before you went back to Chatham yeah I ended up taking a uh just one gap year in between graduating undergrad and getting into PT school but the, what I did for that year was actually like pretty impulsive, thinking back to it. So my partner, Danny, and I met her at Heidelberg as well. We were, all of us were on the, the cross-country and track team, for those of you that, that don't know the, the Heidelberg team. But we met our freshman year, pretty much dated through undergrad. And she also planned on going to grad school, and she got into... Uh, the PhD program at Brown for chemistry hmm. right right after we graduated undergrad. So she was just moving out to Providence and she like when she heard out heard about that probably she heard that she got accepted in the program somewhere in our senior year. I don't know if that was like in the fall or spring semester but she got in and told me the news and asked if I wanted to come with her and I was like eh I mean, nothing's really holding me back. I'm not going to PT school right now. So, so screw it. And I moved up to Providence, <laughs> Rhode Island. I mean, neither of us have family, friends, anything, like even out in the New England area. But I was kind of curious of just getting further away and exploring a new area. And it was a good, good experience to like learn a lot about myself and like work on our relationship too. So just moved out to Providence, Rhode Island for a year. 
Nice, man. The the beautiful, beautiful, booming Rhode Island. Yeah, it's no, no Western Ohio, but... <laughs> <laughs> so you take this gap year then uh you know did you pretty easily then get into grad school after the gap year or was that still challenging to get accepted into a program i wasn't too worried about applying that second time around because I, I just knew the process and i knew everything that i need to hit with the application and like the number of all, all programs require like a certain amount of observation hours and obviously you need a, a minimum like GPA then for PT you have to take the GRE like standardized test and you need like a minimum grade for that so as long as I was like hitting those points I was pretty confident and I found a a job in the physical therapy setting when I was out here at the same company that I'm working at now and I was one of their we call them exercise specialists in our company mm-hmm. but they're like the rehab aides who help out the PTs with like keeping patients going and like setting them up on their their next exercises and stuff like that. So I worked for a year as one of the exercise specialists and just like build my resume and get more experience in the, in the setting. Nice, that's pretty cool. I mean, so you were able to get that experience as you were getting as you were going to school, then correct? Like I got, I worked as that exercise specialist in the gap year. Oh, in the gap the, year. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, like while while I was applying to PT schools and like, man, that helped like just build my resume and make gotcha. me look like a stronger candidate. So take me through, you know, that P- maybe. I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's a lot that you could talk about as far as the PT program itself. But what do you? I got two questions as far uh, as your time, you know, with that degree is one. What was the most challenging aspect of you know getting your doctorate in physical therapy? Um, but then also, what was the most rewarding aspect? And the most challenging aspect, I mean, just any higher, any education, whether it's on your goals to make it through high school, make it through undergrad, make it through grad school, just depending on where you're at, like, that's a just a challenging time in your life. But yeah, any like PT programming is really challenging just with the curriculum and the amount of hours you have to put in and studying outside the classroom and stuff like that. So just that alone was challenging, but I was also working part-time during my, my whole schooling in PT just to like kind of break even and be able to buy like groceries and stuff like that, which is, I guess, important. But <laughs> Weird. Uh, yeah, so I was working part-time at a local running store. It's like a sister store of, of Second Soul in Ohio, actually. Just uh, a location out, like, on the outskirts of Pittsburgh. So I was working, like, I don't know, 15, 15, 20 hours a week at the running store while I was trying to go through school. And towards towards the end of my, my school, one, because of COVID and things were getting messed up with the timelines then, on top of that, I was going through some, some family stuff. So really that last stage of, of PT school got, got pretty challenging. Hmm. But that would, that's also, going into your second part, that's what made it a lot more rewarding in the end. Just finally graduating and 
just kind of looking back and giving myself a second to be proud of proud of me to make it through all that. Hmm. So you got your degree then. Uh, so today, you know, I guess you mentioned then that you are, you know, you're back in Rhode Island. Uh, you know, take me a little bit through, you know, today what you are doing then post uh, education, and you know how you are working in the physical therapy field. Yeah, at this point, and obviously people know that I'm a, a practicing physical therapist. But I work at, the company is called Performance Physical Therapy. And technically, my location's in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, which is just the neighboring neighboring city of Providence. Okay. And then I live, live in Providence, but just right down the road. But yeah, I work at Performance PT, which is a, a privately owned company in the outpatient setting. And for those who don't really know, like the, the healthcare settings, outpatient's probably what people think of in their head when they think of physical therapy. So it's like the patients are coming to us and walking through the doors and you walk in and it's essentially like a, like a gym setting. Like you have Mm -hmm. the treatment tables placed around the room, then a bunch of gym equipment with, where that's like the treadmills and bikes and resistance bands and, and all that. So I work in the outpatient setting and our specific location within the company too is interesting because it's a, it's pretty sure it's the largest clinic in the company. And we have, I think, like 15 to 17 therapists. Hmm. And we see tons and tons of patients every week. So it's this crazy, hectic, fast-paced environment compared to some people, if you've had experience in physical therapy, other little outpatient clinics can be just like one or two people working and it's like 500 square feet and like one or two tables set up at their location. So this this is definitely a, a different environment because it's so so crazy and busy all the time. But I enjoy it because it I mean it makes definitely makes the days go by fast. Yeah, that's definitely a lot bigger than what I was. You know, when you said that it was privately owned, I was about to ask you how many uh, you know physical therapists there are. And yeah, 15 to 17 that is quite a bit. Uh, so it's definitely a bigger, a larger practice. Um, right. So what is, uh, you know, so obviously you said there's just a lot of changes, a lot of, you know, so every single person that comes in or every client that you, or customer that you work with, it, patient maybe is a uh, patient. Is that probably the right word for it? Whatever you want to call it. Patient, client, person. Injured person that comes in. No, yeah, no correct term. <laughs> Um, you know, every person that comes in then, obviously they all have different issues and why they are coming in. Like, is that maybe some of the differences that you're referring to and why part of the reason that you enjoy, you know, your job is because every single person is totally different. One person may come in with an arm, you know, uh, issue compared to a leg versus hip. You know, is that some of the variety that you enjoy and just how, you know, in those regards that is different every day? Oh yeah, that's a that's a big aspect why I enjoy it because we we see. I should have been more specific. So I'm an ortho. We're at an orthopedic outpatient clinic, meaning essentially we treat like musculoskeletal conditions, whether that's like 
injuries or conditions related to like muscles and bones and tendons and ligaments. Mm. Again, that's probably like the stereotypical uh, things that people are, are thinking about when they think of PT. But yeah, that's an, an aspect. So we see common stuff like low back pain or uh, someone comes in because they sprain their ankle. But even if you see those same injuries or conditions, everyone presents a little bit differently and everyone recovers differently in their rehab process. So that keeps things interesting and keeps you on your toes. But we also see our specific location again, just the area that we're in. We see people from like really all different backgrounds. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of Spanish speaking and Portuguese speaking people too in that area that come to our clinic. So there's even like this language barrier aspect, which, which adds a whole nother, whole nother layer, but it's a, it's a good challenge. Yeah. Do you, so I'm assuming there are physical therapists then at the office that speak multiple different, you know, they're multilingual um, and can speak multiple different languages in order to help. Yeah, we have a few. We have a few that are, are fully Spanish speaking and bilingual. Uh, I mean, we definitely, it would help if we had more. And that's, that's something I want to do eventually as well. I want to learn Spanish so I can communicate with, my non-English speaking patients a little bit better. Nice. That's cool. So I, I guess, you know, kind of leading into that then. So in, in the next five to 10 years, or, you know, I guess you've been, you know, graduating in December. So it's really been what, about eight months that you've been, um, you know, per, or I guess seven months. So you've been professionally, and doing this full time as your occupation. So maybe take me through what do you the next three to five years look like for you? Or what are your goals for, you know, kind of this next stage and as you are continuing to get into the physical therapy industry? The goals in the next three to five years, I'd say, especially in PT or really any any healthcare setting, things are always changing and there's there's new research and everything like that. So I will require to keep up to date on the the latest research and everything like that. But you can also get like specializations or certifications to add on to hmm. to your title. So like I'm I like I plan on staying at the or staying in the outpatient setting that's what I enjoy. I'm not, I've never had really interest like working in inpatient, which is more uh, the hospital setting. So because I plan on staying in outpatient, there's, you can get like your OCS, which is a, a orthopedic clinical specialist. And that's another just more curriculum. And you have to take a test at the very end to be like officially certified. So directly related to PT, I definitely want to get like my OCS or other, certifications or specializations just to increase my my knowledge and just become a better clinician for the patients that I'm treating. Hmm. But then I also want to, because Danny and I plan on staying in the Providence area, at least for the, the near future as well. So I want to get more involved in the community and whether that's I'm just getting involved in the community in general or getting involved so I can promote the the practice of PT and my company and everything like that. Nice. That's cool. That's awesome that, you know, you have that desire that you want to get involved with community. Like you said, whether it's just 
uh, getting involved in general, but also, you know, for the practice and for, um, you know, the physical therapy is really awesome. And that continued education, you know, continuing to learn. You're right. I mean, there's always, specifically in science, there's always so much that's changing and just staying up on the research and knowing what's going on and just trying to be the best, um, the best that you can be and the most educated that you can be to be able to help out the, uh, you know, the people that you're working with on a daily basis. So take me through, so last question that I have for you then, Jesse, so we kind of start to wrap up this podcast. Um, you know, typically the last question I always ask everyone is, well, what are you doing today to reach your dreams of tomorrow? So in your case, you know, you, you've mentioned multiple different things with, you know, wanting to learn Spanish, uh, you know, wanting to continue education and, and really getting involved in the community, uh, which is awesome. And in those regards, I guess, like, practically, what does that look like for you today to be able to achieve those goals? Yeah, so, like, going off of the getting more involved in the community and promoting PT as a practice, I've already started working with a local, local school in the area. Because one of my like goals or visions, I guess, is to, physical therapy is very much so uh, a white space when we're speaking of like racial and ethnicity backgrounds. And for, I mean, for those that don't know me, I'm Asian. I was born in, like I mentioned, I was born in Seoul, South Korea. So PT is a very white space, like a lot of, a lot of job careers. So one of my goals is to promote the practice and career mm. to just marginalize populi- populations and, and minorities. So like the school I'm working with, Central Falls, is again just like a neighboring neighboring city to Providence, but a big big population of their their student body is Hispanic or Latin. I think like sixty to seventy percent of their their student body is of of Latin descent, and that's one of the, the races that is very, very underrepresented in the PT community. So just mm-hmm. promoting promoting the career path to these kind of marginalized or minority minority groups. Boom. I love that man. I love it. Love that. Um Yeah, obviously you love your career and love your industry and you have a heart for it and you want to Give back to the community, but in the sense of give back to um, children, you know, and spend time with them. And, you know, yeah, honestly, I really appreciate you sharing that and love just seeing your heart behind that to, you know, like you said, specifically to the minority community. Say, hey, this is a desirable career. This is a great career. This is something that I enjoy to do. This is something that you can do, Um, you know, and just encouraging them at whatever age, wherever they are in life to encourage them to, you know, to seek out that career and for them to potentially, yeah, just to be inspired by you um, and say, you know what, if Jesse, Jesse, if Dr. Rudolph, you know, with the great advice that Dr. Rudolph gave me, that's a career choice that I want to make, you know. Um, I love that, man. I love that and really appreciate you sharing your heart with that. So, Jesse, um, man, I appreciate you spending your time. Come on the show. 
this has just been great diving into, you know, your story and, you know, all aspects of Dr. Rudolph. Um, is it, well, it's Dr., probably Dr. Rudolph's more official than Dr. Jesse. So, uh, you know, Dr. You Rudolph. Say, you gotta say my full name. <laughs> Dr. Jesse Rudolph. I don't know what your middle name is. We'll just go first and last. Dominic. <laughs> but hey no for real though um yeah really appreciate you just coming on and just sharing your story um you know i love to hear it love to see what you are doing and you know hope it goes well for you um you know as you continue to you know just dive into the industry and gain more experience and you know just continue to give back to the communities um you know specifically to you know right now in the providence rhode island area Thanks for listening to another episode of The Young Pro Show. You can interact on social media. The Young Pro Show is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My personal pages can be found at DJFry25. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to the show. I love you all from the bottom of my heart. And God bless you.